You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the little man right there. The little man right there. You know what I'm saying? Terrence, will you guys have a fight? Yeah, we'll fight. You too small. You with Earl? <laughs> you know how much I you know weigh. You know how much I weigh. <laughs> fat, nigga. That's what you <laughs> is. I'm not fat. You're fat. I'm not fat. Muscle. That's fat. It don't yeah. matter. Yeah. Yeah. Grab it again, son. Grab it again. Grab it again. How look at the weight, though? Grab it again. We talking about that. But you talking about how big it is. It's fat. Grab that. How look at the weight? Yeah. I guarantee I'm going to crush you. Grab that. All right, let me ask you a question. Grab that. Don't try to go to the body. Don't try to go to the body. Don't try that, Lord. Don't try that. Don't try that. Hey, look, look, look. Tell him. Tell him to do that, Lord. Spirit. Yeah. Let's go, TBF. What did you have TBE before? You know, you know, we, 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 we TBF. Throwback fighters. And welcome back to the number one podcast in the sport where even the head of the British Boxing Board of Control has no idea how this Conor Ben saga ends. Oh, man. I was hoping that we wouldn't have to talk about this again. I was hoping that, you know, the WBC would issue their resolution and the world would keep turning. Sadly, that's not the case. So... I can't remember what day it was. Robert Smith jumps on Talk Sport. I think it's a two-part interview and there's more to come. But he jumps on in Simon Jordan, you know, being the voice of the hardcores, although he's not really. And like Simon Jordan is, he's one of these annoying characters, right? Who, who had success in one field and you got to give him credit. He did. You know, not that he could repeat it, but he he did, right? He had success with his mobile phones. Wasn't ever able to repeat it in any other facet of life. And if you want to know how dumb he is, this is a guy who was happy to hunt down Katie Price, a.k.a. Jordan. And he thought as an intelligent, successful businessman, that is the choice you make. And that says a lot about him, right? So you put him in that box. So you know when he's asking questions and he's got Spencer Oliver, and I like Spencer. Spencer's a lovely guy, but Spencer's not, he's not forensic, and he'd admit that himself. He's not that guy to, to get into the nitty-gritty and the detail. So those two guys, I don't even know what you call them. Rodney and Trigger, we'll call them that. So they sit in front of Robert Smith and Robert Smith's been in these hostile environments numerous times. And you know, he's been prepped by his lawyers about what he can and can't say. And I'm sure he's had a chat with Guy and Guy has told him what he can and can't say, what the key messages to get into the public domain are. And you know, this isn't going to be a great interview. You're not going to get the insight you need. But the board didn't need that because we've, we've reached this pathetic situation, this embarrassing position where this is being tried out in the court of public opinion. So the Ben side, which includes Eddie Hearn, is trying to turn the public in Connor's favour. And the board side, and a lot of right-minded people in the sport, are trying to turn the public against Connor Ben in the failed drugs test. You don't really see this with the RFU when it comes to rugby. You don't see this with the Rugby Football League either. You don't see this with the FA. You don't see it with the ECB. 
those sports have governing bodies that are non-statutory and everyone does as they're told. Can you imagine if you had someone playing rugby and they gave Johnny Wil- not Johnny Wilkinson, Owen Farrell, a high shot to the neck, knocked him out cold? And the sighting commission for the Six Nations said, guys, he's got to do an eight-week ban. Can you imagine if he just said, I'm going to do the eight-week ban and sent a, a lawyer's letter going, he's not doing the eight-week ban? You know, and sends a 270-page document about why the tackle wasn't dangerous because we've got these experts here. You'd never allow that. Mikel Arteta complaining about a goal wasn't given because they didn't draw the lines on the screen. He can't send a lawyer's letter to say, well, just give us the two points. We accept what happens in every other sport except for boxing. Boxing is the worst governed sport. Of all the sports, boxing is the worst governed. It, it might be ball, I don't know. But I would imagine ball is probably better regulated than boxing is. I mean, definitely no one dies of brain injuries in ball. So, Robert Smith goes on there. Doesn't really tell us much because the question still remains the same when you look at the board. When did you find out about the first failed test? Why didn't you stop everything at that point? Why didn't you stop everything at that point and go, yeah, this is a problem. You're not meant to have that in you. It's been found in you. We've got to tell you, CAD, and it's got to be investigated. So that's bad enough. You get to a second failed test. And at this point, you're like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And still you don't stop things happening and go, actually, now it's twice now. We, we probably need to look into this because we need to understand two things. One, was it in you? Two, what, where did it come from? Why didn't UCAT pick it up? Is it a VADA problem or UCAT problem? I think what they'd find out is it's tested in the same lab. So that can't be the issue. So, the, so they're the questions that really matter in all of this. Connor Ben's almost incidental because the thing was found in him. That's a statement of fact. There was clomiphene found in him. Trace amounts, not trace amounts. There was an adverse finding. That's what we're going to call it. It was an adverse finding. And an adverse finding means you should have to explain yourself. And Conor Ben clearly hasn't explained himself to the Board of Control. Not to their satisfaction anyway. So Robert Smith comes on. And they ask him the question. Oh, what happened after the first test? And what he said was quite alarming, actually. He said that he found out about the test and a matter of hours later, Conor Ben had sent legal letters to Robert Smith saying, this is a VADA test. It's got nothing to do with you. Stay out of it. No boxer, no lawyer should ever tell a governing body what to do. Why Robert Smith didn't respond with, there's still something to investigate here because we need to understand it. And there are all sorts of grounds they could have pulled Connor in on, like, you know, misconduct, bringing the sport into disrepute. They have these measures. Never used, by the way, because under Robert Smith's watch, boxing has become a moral cesspool. Let's not forget what Billy Joe was doing about three years ago. Let's not forget that. So boxing's been a cesspool for a long time. We forget some of the stuff that's been said. Do you remember the, the James Hawley video? 
which was insanely bad. And that kid never got cancelled out of boxing. So Robert Smith's watch, we've had a pretty disastrous run of boxing. It hasn't been well governed. And so when people talk about what harms boxing, it's the lack of governance. We don't have that leadership. We don't have someone saying, here are the minimum standards that every boxer should adhere to. You could even make these guys wear suits to the arena. I mean, you could you could do anything. But they're so scared. So, so he says he couldn't do anything after the first test because there were legal letters. He could have done. Chose not to. Fear? Don't know. Then they failed the second test. At that point, you've got to say, no, no, there, there, there are two here. We need to stop. And interestingly enough, Robert Smith goes quiet at this point. So he doesn't say that there were legal letters after the second test, right? He doesn't say that. Now he says, we needed additional information. It's like, well, did you need the additional information for the first one or the second one? Because I imagine it's the same information for the first one. And by the way, Robert Smith has never told us whether the A and the B sample were failed, by the way. We still don't know. We're going on the assumption that both samples have to, because I don't think, and I've said this before, as a statement of principle, you cannot have an adverse finding against you. VADA cannot find against you until the B sample is tested. They can't. It's only an adverse finding when both samples come back positive. Or you admit it after the A sample. So here we are, two failed tests. Still a few weeks before the show. The board could have said, we need to look into this. We're going to stop everything. Yeah. And so we need to ask why they didn't stop everything. They say they needed more information. I get that, but you have to stop everything pending the fact find it would have been the best outcome for everyone if robert smith had come out and said look there have been two adverse findings through vada we need to investigate to make sure that something's not broken with ucad or something's not broken with vada we need to investigate you know we're going to get all the information we need once we have it and we can clear the guys they can fight again that's how you lead that is exactly how you lead. I don't see what a lawyer can do. They can't have an injunction against the governing body doing an investigation. It definitely on safety grounds, they can't. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, this is the guy who's heading up one of the big revenue spinning sports, by the way, because don't forget, we can do 94,000 at Wembley. I mean, like, there's a few people who can do that. Maybe the Rugby League Grand Final could do that. Rugby Union could do that. Football could do that. But that's probably it. Oh, I see the NFL. So, Robert Smith decides to do nothing. And then we get to what we call crunch week. So, fight week. Robert Smith's like, yeah, we decided before the story broke that the fight couldn't go on. You're like, well, why did it take so long? What additional information did you have to decide the fight couldn't go on? In fact, that the fight, you wouldn't sanction the bout. What additional information? It doesn't appear there was any additional information. It looks like at that point, they decided to grow a pair and go, right, we're going to stop this because we know that the story's coming down the pipe tomorrow. Let's, let's withdraw sanction today. So it looks like we're being proactive on this. 
So then we see all this mess in fight week. People saying that they're going to just carry on without the border. They're going to do this and they're going to do that. And actually, Brexit was probably the only thing that saved that because there were no other governing bodies you could go to credibly. Bieber wouldn't have been able to maintain the standards. So they probably wouldn't have got insurance. There are all sorts of things you can look at. But that toing and froing in fight week would never happen in any other sport because the governing body, everyone looks to the governing body for leadership. In boxing, everyone looks to the promoters for leadership. And this is what the board have allowed to happen. It doesn't help when a promoter is the reason you're still in existence now. And these are the problems in boxing. The promoters control everything. They control the media, IFL, Seconds Out, ID Boxing, whatever you want to call them. The promoters control those people. They control them through access. They control them through sometimes giving them payments, covering their costs, because we know the views ain't what they used to be. So they control the media. They control the governing body by saying, look, we can do the fight here. We can do it in Saudi Arabia. You want to get your money, right? So, so the board, the board uh, everyone's at the whim of these promoters. The trainers and the managers also. The only people who aren't are people like me because they can't shut us down. And that week showed that there was a struggle. And the only reason that fight didn't happen, and give yourselves a round of applause, guys, is because the public was so against it that it couldn't happen. In any other situation, if the public had said, that's only a trace amount, this can carry on. And that's what Eddie and Keller were trying to test out. Can we get away with this in the court of public opinion? The answer was no. So the fight gets postponed because it's no longer sanctioned and now the question becomes what are they going to do with Conor Ben you can't just stop the fight and Conor Ben escape sanction so let's say we're going to have a hearing with Conor Ben about an unrelated matter that we don't know about but it can't be anything else because in Robert Smith's own words Conor Ben has been nothing but well behaved so it can only be the doping violation because he hasn't done anything in between and had he done so they would have, sang- they would have had the hearing then so Conor Ben gives up his license and says, I'm no longer governed by the governing body. So now what are you going to do? And this is a mess we've been trying to deal with ever since. There's a 270-page document that went to the WBC, but not the board. Robert Smith said himself, we were waiting to see what the WBC said. I'm like, why? He's your licensed boxer. Why are you waiting for a sanctioning body to determine what happens? You're the governing body. And so you're looking at the board and, you know, Robert Smith likes to talk about he's a boxing man and he did this and he did that. And I believe all of that to be true. And that's all worthy of respect. But as I've said numerous times, because people can box, it doesn't make them tough. Tough is the life you lived. Tough, Tough is what you've been through. And tough people make tough calls in tough moments, and he didn't. And here we are now, 2023. We're heading into March, and this is no, nowhere near clarified. Robert Smith's position currently is Conor Ben cannot box in the British ring until he's gone through the process he was meant to go through with the board. But surely by this point, the charges are mounting up, because now you want to know, number one, why did you give your license up? Number two, let's talk about the first test, the second test. Let's talk about all of that. Number three, let's talk about the WBC document because if they haven't received that 270-page document, they're going to have to go through that with a fine-tooth comb. 
until they're satisfied, until you can are satisfied. By the time all these handoffs have happened, it's going to be summertime. Appeals, whatever. It could be summertime before Conor Ben fights again in a British ring. So what do you do then? This is an absolute mess. It's almost at the point where Conor should have just coughed and said, yeah, mate, did it, did it. His reputation's tarnished beyond repair, by the way. That reputation he's got is tarnished beyond repair. So why not just hold your hand up and say, yeah, cool, did it. You know, now you've had to go on social media and ban, no, it's not ban, but shut comments off so people can't engage with you. And you want to come up with these monologues saying that everyone's against you. You had Clomid in your system. You had Clomid in your system. I mean, I don't care if you chewed the eggshells. I don't care if you had sex with the fucking chicken that laid the egg. You had Clomid in you. And that will trigger an adverse finding. And in the sport of boxing, that counts as cheating. The board should have the courage to say, right now it looks like he cheated. He needs to prove that he didn't cheat. And if he did cheat, we're going to throw the book at him. Because at no point did Robert Smith say, we need to get a handle on this doping problem. How many episodes do me and Larry have to do for Robert Smith to truly understand? This thing's no joke. And so in the same week, quite rightly, you know, the Eddie Hearn fan club beat IFL seconds out, whoever, whoever the camera jockeys are on any given day. So they go to Eddie and they say, well, mate, what, what's your response? And Eddie quite rightly says, why did it take them five or six weeks? They've known about this as long as we have. Why is it taking them so long to act? And to the public, because remember, this is being played out in the court of public opinion, and most Normans and Derricks haven't got two brain cells to rub together. So Eddie will always play that... Uh, what do you call it? Like a feudal lord, right? And I don't think that was their title, but you know the people who collected the money from the workers, like your your feudal taxes? Like Eddie will play one of those and he'll play the, the smart guy to the dumb people. And he'll say, yeah, they had six weeks to do something. They didn't do anything. Well, no, they did. <laughs> they kept asking you questions, what the hell's going on? And Connor was sending the lawyers letters saying, stay out of it. So that's what they were doing for six weeks. The real question is why Eddie Hearn allowed a fight to happen after two adverse findings. That is the real question that no one seems to ask Eddie Hearn. Why with your stance on Jarrell Miller, why with your stance on drug cheats, which is on there, on the same channels, he said the same thing. Why Eddie Hearn with, with the death of Patrick Day? Not on your conscience, but in your mind. Why would you allow a fight to happen knowing that there's been an adverse finding? Why wouldn't you say, guys, we need to stop and work out what's gone wrong here? Because this is a bad look for Matchroom. This is a bad look for Conor Ben. This is a bad look for British boxing. We need to go back and investigate. We're going to do the right thing by everybody here. Why didn't you do that, Eddie Hearn? And that's the question that he doesn't want to answer. So he deflects and goes back to the board because, like I said, this is a court of public opinion. But Eddie needs to answer that question, why he didn't pull the show. When Jarrell Miller failed that drugs test, you know what his attitude was. But it changes when it's his people. We, we still remember the White Rivas fight. That was similarly contentious. 
It was just that the public weren't as cynical or as well-informed as they are now. And the public right now are incredibly well-informed. Come back to the question. When's someone going to ask Eddie the real questions he has to answer? At what point did Eddie realise it would be a bad idea for someone to fight having failed two drugs tests with no viable explanation of what the hell went wrong. Because remember, there was no 270 pages dossier back then. They weren't even trying to investigate. They just cracked on with the fight. That was the rhetoric. It was, yeah, both guys want the fight to happen. It wasn't, yeah, we're investigating. And while we investigate, we figured let the fight happen and then we'll take it from there. It was, there was none of that. So somewhere... Eddie Hearn was of the mind that this fight would be allowed to happen. So the board must have given him an indication because he doesn't move unless he's 100% sure. And so Hearn's quite rightly angry because he's like, I've blown a million quid on the assumption that this fight would be allowed to go ahead despite everything that had happened. And then you pull it at the last possible minute because you're scared of how the media is going to drop that story. And I understand why he's upset because he clearly had a deal. And I wish someone had the courage to bring this out and say, this is exactly what happened and no one has done. And I would not be surprised, and quote me on this, if we never find out what happened and Connor gets a slap on the wrist from the board and he'll just be allowed to resume his career, we will never find out what happened. Because I feel it, it makes the board look impotent. It makes Eddie Hearn look like the, the privileged, money-hungry, amoral promoter that he is. As much as Eddie may try and dress like the common man and talk like the common man, this is a man that went to school with people like Jody Marsh. He was a couple of years above two girls I went to university with. They know Eddie well. Eddie was that guy that never got girls, used to bully Jody Marsh, used to bully other girls, was really awkward around women, in fact. Struggled to be himself around women, would always talk about what he had. That was Eddie Hearn at school. And so when he's in front of you guys, he hasn't got the kind of backbone you need from a leader to say, actually, this is the wrong thing for the sport. I'm only going to have to deal with this further down the line. And now think about what he's got with Conor Ben. Today, Conor Ben cannot box in the United Kingdom. Okay, so you take him to the Middle East. Conor Ben's not helming a show in the Middle East. He's not. He's lucky that it wasn't recreational drugs so he can go to the Middle East because I'll just say ah, it's stuff we sell over the counter anyway. Conor Ben can't go to America because they don't like him like that. So Conor Ben can't be Conor Ben anywhere but here. And so to do that, they're going to have to mend bridges with the board. And that means you're going to have to give the board something. And what you're going to give the board is credibility and status back. One of the things that upsets me is the board got Guy Williamson on board as chairman. And I know Guy personally, um, through most, you know, obviously through the Fitzroy Lodge connection. Guy's a good man, real giant of a man, funny guy, intelligent man. He will know that this is an absolute mess. Why not let him go front and center here? He should be the guy who's there going, look, here are the questions I need answering. Here's what the sport needs in order to be credible. Here's what the sport needs to preserve its integrity in the eyes of the fans. Because we can't grow boxing as long as these kinds of things happen. Conor Ben failing drugs test, missing B samples. Joshua grabbing the mic and just, you know, freestyling all the pain in his life. You know what I mean? Like a country and western song. 
What else have we had? Um, Josh Taylor doing God knows what. You know, we talked about Billy Joe earlier. You know, and you've still got people, license holders, on social media acting the fool. Why isn't this policed? Why aren't the board actively sanctioning people? Because you know, if Phil Foden came on and tweeted some of the stuff that boxers do, the FA would be on top of him straight away. Everyone would be on top of him. Yeah, boxing gets it wrong. We get it wrong because we have no governors and the governance that we do have has no teeth. It's just fear. But what are you scared of? You run the damn sport. Like, you decide who fights and who doesn't. What are you scared of? I wish someone not connected to boxing could sponsor the board so the board could just do what the hell they wanted. And maybe we'd have a better sport for it. Maybe there'd be more money for everybody. But as it is, we are no closer. We've now had everyone talk about the Conor Ben situation. We're no closer to a resolution. Suleiman won't talk about it in any great detail. Robert Smith refused to go into details about things. Eddie Hearn refuses to go into details. And what do they do? And especially Eddie Hearn. They appeal to authority. So they tell you lawyers are looking at it. Scientists are looking at it. Experts are looking at it. In the hope that you believe that these people have some higher magic. That they can know stuff you don't know. You know your own mind. He had Clomid in his system. That's all. That's all you ever need to know. He had Clomid in his system. And as we say, you're not going to use Clomid as your primary PED. It's not even a PED. You're just using that to reset. Why he didn't use tamoxifen? Who knows? Badly advised. So Robert Smith should be talking about this going, Another issue is Dr. Uz. Now, I like Dr. Uz. Respect to Dr. Uz because he's just doing what he has to do, providing a service. But Robert Smith should be saying we need to investigate what he's been doing, who he's been working with. But you know, once you start doing that, you're going to call up some names that are going to be problematic. You know who I mean. There are names that people dare not say because of who they're connected to. That's one of the problems. So we can talk about Dr. Uz in the context of Conor Ben, but we can't talk about Dr. Uz in the context of the other boxers he worked with. And we know who they are by name. When's Robert Smith going to tackle that? When's Robert Smith going to do a full investigation into Dr. Uz and who he was working with? When's he going to talk to these boxers about what they were doing with Dr. Uz? My assumption is none of them hold British licenses at the current time. <laughs> Not a coincidence. So after, after a couple of days of everyone doing the media around trying to tell this Conor Ben story, here's what we know for certain. Conor Ben isn't boxing right now. Conor Ben doesn't have a fight announced. Conor Ben isn't cleared by the WBC. Conor Ben's in a terrible position because his lifestyle costs money and he's not earning what he should be earning. Eddie Hearn's in a terrible position because this is the guy he needed to get out to get his DAZN subscribers up. And what are people doing? Cancelling in their hundreds, if not thousands. Because no one's paying 20 quid to watch a drug cheat. No one's paying 20 quid to see Joshua win one, lose one. No one's paying 20 quid a month to see what DAZN have to offer. 
These are bleak times for Eddie Hearn. If if this situation doesn't force him to reflect and say, maybe I need to think about building the sports up instead of just building matchroom up, then nothing will. And if that doesn't happen, then the sport's screwed. That's, that's all I can say. I wanted to make this reasonably quick. I've probably taught longer than I wanted to. But the important thing is to understand that we don't have a governing body in boxing. We don't have a governing body of any strength, of any metal. It doesn't inspire confidence if I can just send two or three lawyer letters. And that's it. You fold, you get nervous, you start sweating. Porky was right. Someone needs to go into that board and say, you all want resigning, as he would say. That's got to be the government. They need to say we have no confidence in the board of control because I've never seen doping handled so badly in this sport. I'll tell you this for a fact. If I was a licensed athlete at the top level in any given sport and I went out in the public domain and said, I took a drug, UCAD would call me and say, we need to talk about this. And I may say, I was just making it up for publicity, right? But it's an explanation. They can go, cool, but look, don't play those sorts of games. It's annoying. Conor Ben failed the VADA test. VADA and UK must have enough of a handshake that this gets discussed and it's an important thing. And actually, why the board haven't updated their policies to say we will accept the findings of any competent body beyond me. And UK should say, yeah, if you've got someone doing it too, we will look at those results too. They may not bind us, but we will look at them and investigate. All these things can be fixed. There isn't the will to do it. Because it affects the money. And with money comes power. And that's why promoters control boxing. Our governing body doesn't. The promoters will tell you who's fighting and when. Not the governing body. Until that changes, I don't think the sport will ever grow. Because it, British boxing is essentially controlled by two people. Frank and Eddie. Not the two people you'd want controlling boxing. For different reasons. But that's who controls boxing. Not the board. Because the board don't create the gravy train. The boxers do. The board don't negotiate TV rights. The promoters do. What a mess. What an absolute mess the sport's become. And on that note, I'll say, listen, take care and have a great weekend, guys. Mm -hmm.